All right, today we'll be in Romans chapter number 10. This is Romans class 35. And today we pick up in verse 9. Of course, we will go back in verse number 6 and verse number 8. We don't want to start off a class here in the middle of a concept or in the middle of a thought. So we'll kind of take a little bit from verse 6 and a little from verse 8. And we'll bring ourselves into the the context of verse number 9. Verse number 6, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Now that's a very interesting concept in and of itself. The righteousness which comes from faith. That's what it says. The righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. The righteousness that comes from faith has something to say. Verse number 8, But what saith it? What does the righteousness which is of faith have to say but what saith it the righteousness that comes from faith has a lesson to teach us what does it say but what saith it verse 8 here's what it says the righteousness which is of faith says this it says the word is nigh thee verse 8 the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart that is the word of faith which we preach that is the word of faith which we preach now the righteousness which is of faith speaks it teaches it tells us it it preaches us a sermon it gives us a lesson what does it say it says the word is nigh thee it's the same word that's being talked about in verse number 17 so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god So the righteousness which is of faith speaks, it speaks through the word. And it says the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The the word of the righteousness that produces faith tells us this. It tells us that it's a heart matter. It's, It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. It's not in your hands, a work that you can produce. It's not in your feet, a work which your feet can produce. It's not a bodily motion. It is who you are and what you are inside of your mind. It says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. When you move down a couple of verses in Romans 10, it says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed and shall... Uh, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher well a preacher preaches the preacher preaches the word the word enters into your heart it enters into your mind it is sown like a sower sows the seed out of the gospels you you've heard that parable before i'm sure but what it does is the preacher preaches the word moves into your heart it invades your mind it convinces you of the truth this is the power of the holy spirit out of john chapter number 16 it reasons with you come now let us reason together saith the lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be white as snow and so this work that the word does it works on your heart it works on your mind and he says the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart that is the word of faith which we preach that word that's been preached works in you it reasons in you and then it says this 
that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, see it's, a, it's something that comes from inside, it's from the heart, it comes through the mouth, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, it has to be real, it can't be just the confession of the mouth, but it has to be a confession of the mouth that's, that's powered, that's produced by what's going on in your heart. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There's an operation taking place. It's in verse number 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. See, it's verse 6, the righteousness which is of faith. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. The word has entered in. The word has been preached. The Holy Spirit has identified. The, the Holy Spirit has convinced. The man believes and it produces a righteousness. This goes back to Romans chapter 4. The imputation of righteousness through belief and not through works. Romans chapter 10 should be compared very diligently with Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 10 should be compared very diligently with Romans chapter 4. You'll see these things gelled together very nicely. Now I have heard it said because Romans 10 begins with, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That this is, once you get to verse 8, 9, and 10, it's talking about how Jews get saved. Or this is, this this. Uh, passage of scripture is aimed at Israel uh, well I would disagree with that greatly number one because it's written to Romans why would God write anything to, to Israel and title the name of the book that it's written in Romans it's written to those that be at Rome it's written to the to the Gentile believers through the apostle of the Gentile that is Paul but not only that Verse number 11, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. So how can you, how can you encourage Gentile believers not to follow the the example or not to follow the instruction of Romans chapter 10 and uh, on the basis that it's for Israelites when it says there's no difference between a Jew and a Greek and this in this uh, Pauline epistle and this Pauline doctrine the grace of God that imputes righteousness to a man has been given to those that believe in their heart and have confessed with their mouth. Uh, it's a sincere confession that comes from the heart. That Jesus Christ is who the gospel says he is. He, he was born of a virgin. He was a sinless man. He was uh, tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Then he uh, as the lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. He died on the cross. Was slain. Was persecuted was tortured was killed in our place for our sins the wages of sin is death therefore he died for sins and that in this uh, church age a jew or a gentile can put his faith 
in the Lord Jesus Christ through hearing the gospel, through being convinced of the gospel by the Holy Spirit and receive the righteousness which is not of the law, it's of faith. The righteousness which comes by faith. Again, I'll point out to you that you should uh, diligently study Romans 4 and Romans 10 together. And it'll become very clear to you. It should become very clear to you. Uh, the Lord being your helper. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And verse 10 and verse 13 together. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Uh, righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation so that confession is to God it's not to a priest it's not to a preacher of course a preacher when he's preaching the gospel he may ask you especially if it's a one-on-one relationship if it's a if it's a personal witness if the preacher is dealing with you one-on-one and that preacher doesn't have to be a pastor it can be any of God's people Uh, preaching the gospel one to another to his neighbor to his workmate whatever the case may be i say preacher because of the context of romans 10 verse number 14 but at any rate the preacher's relating the gospel to you you've heard it you've believed it Uh, he may certainly ask you if you are a sinner and you may certainly say yes but that is not the confession that makes you uh or that I should say that makes salvation applicable to you. The thing that makes salvation applicable to you is after that preacher and after the Holy Spirit and after the Word of God has reasoned with you sufficiently to convince you that you are a sinner and that Christ died for your sins, then that confession is made to God. Lord, I confess that Jesus is the Christ, that He is the Savior, that He did pay my sin debt. And so that the Bible says the with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so I would not rule out, I would not make little of, I would not I would not make light of the sinner's prayer. Now we say that and it's a little bit tongue in cheek in these days and all you got to do is believe and God knows if you believe or not. All those things that are being said in this day and time to to minimize the importance of the uh, of the salvation experience god knows your heart and god sees well god does know your heart and god does see but uh, god also said that uh, in these passages of scripture here it's very clear with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation i wouldn't skip that step if i was you if i were you and i were interested in entering into the family of god i wouldn't skip over and i wouldn't make light of verse 13 for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved i would call on him if i were you i wouldn't put my trust in a childhood baptism i wouldn't put my trust in the fact that somebody told me that i was born to be saved i wouldn't i wouldn't pay any attention to that stuff at all the bible says if you'll call on him he'll save you the bible says if you believe then you believe unto righteousness and if you'll confess that confession is made unto salvation and then he says this for the scripture saith whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed now this is not to say 
that if you believe on Jesus, you'll never have any shame. You'll never be timid or you'll never be uh, lacking in the boldness to speak up for Jesus. Now, that that's the way it was kind of taught to us. At least it was insinuated to be that way. If, you, if you're uh, ashamed of Jesus at all, if you don't have the boldness to speak up for him, then you probably don't really believe. Now, I don't believe that's what this passage of Scripture is saying. I'm saying that here is being offered the righteousness which comes by faith, not by works. Uh, preaching is a work. Witnessing is a work. This is the righteousness which is of faith. And what he's saying is if you'll receive this righteousness which comes by faith, that this, this receiving of the righteousness is an, a thing that's imputed to you. It's given to you. It's charged to your account by God. And that putting your faith and trust in God, you will not have a reason to be ashamed. I may put my confidence in man and that man may let me down. In that sense, I'm ashamed. In that sense, I've placed my trust and my trust was misplaced. In other words, I counted on this person. I had confidence in this thing and that thing didn't perform as as I thought that it would, as I hoped that it would, that I relied upon. There was a way in which I relied upon this place or person or thing and it let me down. In that sense, I am ashamed. In this context, it's the very same. The scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You hear the preaching. You put your faith in it. You confess it to be true. You confess it to be right. You call upon the name of the Lord. You will not find yourself in this life or in the judgment to come finding that it was not sufficient, that his grace wasn't sufficient, that the truth of it wasn't sufficient to save you, to help you, to protect you, whatever the case may be in, in all aspects of the Christian life. If you believe on Christ, if you put your faith in him, you will not have reason to be ashamed of the fact that you placed your faith in him. You may have reason to be ashamed of yourself or others, you may have reason to be ashamed of a denomination or whatever the case may be. But putting your faith, since this righteousness is of faith. Verse number six, the righteousness which is of faith. Because this righteousness that Christ bought for us with his own blood. Because this righteousness is of faith and not of our own works. We will not have reason to be ashamed of it. We will not have reason to say I've been let down in my confidence in the gospel because the gospel is, is provided by God. It was performed by God and it is preserved by God. So in this it says, for the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich. He has the, he has the resources those things uh, may not be earthly resources. Those things are spiritual resources. But he has the spiritual resources to provide what he has promised. The righteousness that it takes to get you into heaven. The uh, grace that is required to overlook your shortcomings, your failures. The mercy that is necessary to keep you from reaping every 
thing that you deserve. Of course, we reap what we sow. We understand that. But if we, re- if we reaped what we ultimately deserved, we would go to hell. And so God's, God's riches, his resources are sufficient to provide salvation for all that call upon him. For whosoever, Jew, Greek, rich, poor, whatever the case may be, religious, irreligious, whatever the case may be, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right, Uh, that's really a short class, but I, I think it's really sufficient for this class. Sometimes our classes run long, sometimes they run short. But I think in moving into verse number 14, it switches from the the manner of the way a man is saved, whether he is Jew or Greek, to the method for getting people saved. This is a very condensed chapter. It's going through a lot of material, but the as the context changes a little bit, I think it would be uh, the wiser choice to uh, to stop it, even if the class is only 17 minutes long. And to start again in a separate class to uh, kind of uh, hit hit each context as it becomes available to us in the chapter. All right. Uh, if need be, go back and listen to that again. Uh, if need be, go over the material again. If need be, go back to Romans chapter 4 and, and read Romans chapter 4 and Romans chapter 10 together. And I believe the more that you go over this material, the stronger confidence and the stronger assurance that you'll have in the sufficiency of Christ to meet all of man's needs for salvation. All right, we'll see you next time.